Hello, friend. Welcome back to the Wayfarer Weekend Podcast. Thanks for joining me. I'm Tom Vanderwell. Our guest today is Kathy Evenhaus, who is co-author of a new book entitled Strike the Match, Light the Flame, which she wrote with Keith Corver, which unpacks one of the most transformational spiritual teachings that Wendy and I have personally experienced, and she'll join us in just a moment. Please, please, please feel free to reach out at tombanderwell.com at gmail.com with feedback, thoughts, suggestions, or just to say hello. We'd love to hear from you. Please hit the like button. Uh, Better yet, share the podcast with a friend. Our chapter day journey continues through the book of Genesis, and what a journey it's been. I've really been enjoying it this time through. Every weekday, I just read one chapter of the Bible, and then I blog my thoughts about the chapter at TomVanderwell.com. Share them in a podcast. You're welcome to share your own thoughts and comments, or better yet, just find a friend or a loved one to do it with you. Share your own thoughts with each other, whatever works for you. I hope it uh, encourages you. Upcoming messages. For those in the Pella and surrounding area, check out the upcoming messages page at TomVanderwell.com. I actually got a handful of messages coming up at Third Church Finishing the series on Ecclesiastes and then moving on into the season of Advent as Christmas draws closer. November 7th, 21st, and 28th, I'm going to be in the auditorium. And then on December 12th, I'm actually going to get called up to the show and be in the sanctuary. You can always watch online the Third Church YouTube channel. Or you can go to TomVandal.com and click on the Messages tab, the top of the page, and I try and post everything right there. Thanks for joining me again this weekend. Our podcast, we welcome Kathy Evenhouse, co-author of the new book, Strike the Match, Light the Fire. Welcome back to the Wayfarer Podcast. I'm Tom Vandal, and I've got a really fun special guest with me today, Kathy Evenhouse. Kathy, thanks for joining me. Thanks for asking. This is awesome. And so Kathy, I've known Kathy for for many years now. We've been going to the same service there among our local gathering of Jesus followers and have uh, just enjoyed some creative endeavors together through that. Yes. And that's been fun. And I'm here to talk about the the book that you just co-authored with Keith Corber. Tell us about it. Well, Keith preached this series of sermons. As a matter of fact, so did you. Yes, I was <laughs> this, part of it too. Yes. Um, he preached this sermon, and I'll have to tell you the story about the first the first day, the first sermon on praising God no matter what the situation. I had been sick with a virus, and I had a grandson who entered the hospital. He was less than a month old, and he got pneumonia. And I could not go see him because of my virus. I was better enough to go to church. This is pre-COVID. I was better enough to go to church on Sunday. And Keith Keith preached the sermon on praise God no matter what the situation. And it just really spoke to me very strongly that morning. I got out to my car, turned on my phone, and saw that I had a message from my daughter. I don't think he's going to make it through the day. Please come. Mm. Threw some stuff in a bag, set my GPS, and headed out to Waterloo. And um, anxious, very anxious. And I 
said, okay, but what I heard this morning is what I'm supposed to do now is not what I feel like doing, but I should praise God. But I could not come up with what one of the few times in my life I couldn't find the words. Um, <laughs> You're good with words. Yeah, I'm good with yes, words. Yes, you are. I could not find the words. So I tried to turn on Christian radio, and that wasn't helping me at all either. I turned it off and said, God, I want to praise you, but I can't. And immediately in my mind was the doxology. I sang the doxology since I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. And I sang that song over and over and over again for the rest of the trip, for the last 45 minutes of the trip. And by the time I got there and I drove right up to the door, I was no longer anguished or anxious or scared or whatever words you want to put to it. I knew that either Jesus was holding that little boy right now or I'd get to hold that little boy. And either way was fine. Mm. And so I walked into the room, and there were Carrie and Tim, hadn't slept for days, you know, just anxious and anxious, and they weren't holding the baby. And I said, why aren't you holding Oren? Well, the nurse says it's so, you know, it's better not to. And I said, well, she's wrong. <laughs> Pick up that baby, give him to me. This is good. God is here. This baby's great. God is here. The baby's still here. I'm here. And I sat and held him and sang the doxology while they went out and got something to eat and took a walk outside for the first time in two days. And so I was contagious, mm. but it wasn't the virus. It was with God's peace. And that, at that moment, at that time, thinking back on that in the next weeks, um, I couldn't wait to hear the rest of the sermons and see where it went, and uh, it led to our working together on this book. So uh, to give people a little bit of a background, because this, um, the guts of this book, which Keith originally called the chain reaction of praise, yes. became really transformational within the people in our service. Yes. And has it we we've come back to it time and time and time again and it has really become a theme. Yes. for us. Um and has had an impact on so many lives. And so it's originally just five things yes. that again the chain reaction begins just like you described when you decide to sing the doxology for 45 minutes. <laughs> yes. When your grandson may not make it and you choose into that praise. Mm -hmm. So tell us what the rest of the chain reaction is. Well, first I want to say that a chain reaction is something that each action makes the next action happen. So think of a chain of dominoes. You push the first one, they all fall down. Um, so when you praise God, it's like striking a match. A fire is a chain reaction. And he has already placed in you, if you are a believer, he's placed in you the faith that you need. Sometimes it's hard to reach. So you praise God to strike the match that lights the kindling, and the faith just burns on fire. And when that is happening, then you remember the contract that you have with God. We pray he provides power and authority. So the praise initiated the faith which initiates the prayer to overcome evil. And from there, we reign and rule with Christ, his kingdom come on earth 
as it is in heaven, and we have a not yet. We have a future in heaven. So did you, in that, in that experience with your grandson in the hospital, you really experienced the full chain reaction, even though you'd only heard the first message. Right. And <laughs> I, yes, I, I, because I knew he was either, he was either in heaven, I was praying, other people were praying, all of those things happened. I reached my faith because I praised God and I couldn't have reached it any other way. Yeah. And, and so many times in scripture, we're told to give thanks in every circumstance, to, to praise God in every trial. It's just over and over and over again. And how often we don't even take that first step. Well, it's counterintuitive. You're in a foxhole, right? Yeah. Bombs are flying all over bullets. You can't stick your head above the hole. Now I'm supposed to sit there and say, um, praise God from whom all blessings flow. There doesn't seem to be any blessings flowing. So it's a, a counterintuitive action. But isn't that what our, what our whole belief in God is? God isn't a human reality. God is so much beyond that. You know, I re- just a couple of weeks ago, I got a, was blessed to interview the gentleman who um, preached the night that I accepted Christ and became a real mentor in my life. And during that period of time where he was a real mentor in my life, his wife went into a very deep postpartum depression mm. to the point where he wasn't sure that he would ever have his wife back again. Yes. Um, and he also talked about this counterintuitive. And I remember him saying, the river of God flows upstream. <laughs> You know, in all, you know, in the world, rivers run downstream and we're just used to going with the flow. But God's river always flows upstream and against the current. And this is just another example in the chain reaction of praise, Mm -hmm. just exactly what you said. It's counterintuitive. And yet that's the way that God works. I have to go on from that with, with, uh, last night I woke up around three o'clock with my brain just whirling and... Um, it depends on where it whirls. If it, if it whirls, if you're remembering something that embarrassed you, everything that ever embarrassed you ever in your life is going to continue to be in that circle of thoughts. How do you stop that? How do you stop that? So I said, I'm going to take some deep calming breaths and I'm breathing in. And I was thinking of the song that you're the air that I breathe and I pour out my praise. So I'm breathing in the Holy Spirit because he's given to me, he's here. I can't get away from it, I'm breathing him in. And I used to think, okay, then I'm breathing out the bad air, in with the good air, out with the bad air. But actually what I'm doing is I'm breathing in him so that I can praise and say, wow, you're here, you're so fantastic. And then all those other thoughts just kind of calm down and go away. because I'm focused on him. And that's, the, that's, I think that to me was the part that made, it makes your faith, your prayer, your overcoming evil, your living in the kingdom of God, it makes it possible to step into it when you are so separated from it. You put those roadblocks up. Circumstances put those roadblocks up. You can't change any of those. You have no power. But inside of you, you breathe in the Holy Spirit, breath of God, 
and praise just pours out from you. C.S. Lewis says, we are made to praise. You can't look at a sunset without going, whoa, that is incredible. I think when we're watching fireworks and the whole crowd is going, ooh, ah, we are made to do that. And we can't not do that. But we just have to remember we're not praising man, we're praising God. And that has probably been, for me, one of the transformational pieces of this chain reaction of praise. Because now, when something happens that, from a human, earthly perspective, is tragic or awful, and I can immediately think of several that I've experienced in the time that that Keith, since Keith Mm -hmm. first preached this, um, that... Wendy and I, rather than going, oh my gosh, this is bad, this is wrong, this is awful, we just basically say to one another, we have a chain reaction of praise moment. And immediately it kicks in the choice. Now, we either can go down the cycle of depression and anxiety and fear, but no, we're going to choose in this moment Praise God. Exactly. And know that he's in control. And it has, that's what's been transformational, is that instead of immediately going to the negative, we immediately go to praise, which activates the faith and to understand that God is in control here, not us. Exactly. There's a picture, I, I, I think in pictures, um, that has really helped me is... I can be looking at that big, black, messy, broken, scary thing in front of me. I can be looking at that and look and look and look at that because if I look away, it's going to get me, right? Or I can choose to do a 180 turn and look at God, who is the source of the light, which is why I can see anyway. And I look at that light, and that big, black shadow is behind me, not in front of me. And... um, that, that visual really helps me. Um, I, could, I could get to choose what I look at. Right. And, and that's, that's what you were saying. That's what the choice is. Right. I can choose which direction I'm going to go and in this often, moment. Often your only choice. Yes. And it, it, once you start the chain reaction to the point of your book and this whole mm-hmm. theme, once you start the chain reaction, it automatically takes you down the the road of God's kingdom. Yes. And that's really the genius of it mm-hmm. because it's not just like, oh, I'm going to praise God in this moment and then that's the end. No, 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 no. It activates the faith. Right. It's not a formula. It's not like you take step one, two, three, four, and five, and you will be fine. You're, you know, but you have to take step one, two, three, four, and five and make sure you do that and then you'll be okay. That's not what it is. It's like God has set up the dominoes, right? And he says, all you have to do is push that domino. Now, in human terms, I would have to reset the dominoes after they fall, but God has them always set up. All I have to do is choose to step into that chain reaction that he is the power and the strength and everything. Yeah, that's a whole nother layer because I've mm-hmm. You know, it says I've been part of preaching this series yes. now a couple of times. And 
hadn't really thought about it in those terms, but that's absolutely right. It's a whole other layer of truth in the whole thing. Yeah, it's not up to me. It's not, and and it doesn't say everything's going to be great, because look around you. This, <laughs> who can say, everything in this world is going to be great. I'm going to grow up great. I'm going to you know have what I need. I'm going to not have to worry about what the neighbor's doing. I mean, there's just there's just that's not true anymore. It's not. And it never has been. Really. No, it hasn't been, and yet, and I don't know whether it is a something that that we get, if I can just say it, like if we get kind of the American dream mixed up with our faith, where yes. you do the right thing and you follow the right course, and everything is going to be okay, and you're going to be successful in whatever you do, and you can do anything that you want. But the reality of Scripture through the entire great story mm-hmm. is. People have different stories, and some turn out, from an earthly perspective, really well. Yes. <laughs> and seemingly wonderful, and other stories end tragically. But in the kingdom of God, everything is redeemed. Right, and and um, what is blessing? Is blessing only? My life is easy. I'm happy all the time. That's what we think of it as. That's what we think of it as. But I received blessing without knowing whether or not Oren was going to live that day. I was poured full of blessing. And that blessing didn't have anything to do with the outcome of his life or death. So I think part of it is we have to start catching ourselves, if we think blessing is having what our neighbor has or going on that trip or never being unhappy or never having to sit the bench, (laughs) you know, um, that's not necessarily how the blessings are going to look like. And I think that, you know, I keep coming back again and again to, uh, yeah, to Jesus telling Peter on the seashore, look, Here's the end of your story. You're going to go where you don't want to go, led by people you don't want to follow, and you're going to suffer a horrible death. <laughs> and, you know, Peter immediately looks at John and goes, well, what about him? And Jesus' response is, what's it to you? And that's the thing that we so get trapped into. Well, why is it work out for one and not for the other? Why, does my, why is this my role and not this other person's role? And in the kingdom economy, we don't get to choose that. No, no. It's the, kind of the harsh reality, but it also is a, the key point of submission. It is, and it's something um, that you struggle with every day in some way or another. And, and um, we don't necessarily um, put that big background on it, but um, in writing this book, 14 rewrites over one year. Um, 14 in one year? 14 in one year. Oh, that's brutal. Um, (laughs) It was brutal. Because first we had to to come up with, it took the first five to get the format right. And once we got the format format right, then then, then the writing happened, and then you had to cut the writing in half because I tend to uh, use a lot of words. Go long? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and, and, and when you tighten it up, and then you say, oh, wait, but this is missing. And over the course of the year, growth happens in myself, 
in Keith, in my husband, who's one of the readers, um, it, it, was, it, it was a growth process for us in the writing. And so, so um, and we had to decide how, what is this, how would this be used? You can use it as an individual study book if you'd like. It's every, every section, um, praise for instance, it gives you an intro, this is the praise. Now here's Bible stories rewritten, um, so they're easy to read, that deal with praise. Now here's a modern day story that is true and it deals with praise. The next chapter will be the who, what, when, where of what is praise, what does it look like? Is praise the same thing as worship? Um, what is biblical praise? Uh, how is it talked about in the Bible? How do we talk about it now? Uh, what does it look like? Is it something we can wear every day like a nun's habit? So everybody knows we're Christians. Do we? Is it obvious by how we act? Um, and then the last one is the why and how. How do you put that in your life? And at the end of each of those chapters, are discussion questions, and they're not, go look back in the chapter and find the answer. Go look further in the Bible. Uh, listen to this quote from someone, and how does that apply? Does it really apply, and what does this mean then? How can you put that in your life? How can you remind yourself? And so we have it like a six-week study. Um, I'm going through it with a, a second group, um, and it's fantastic. Um, you can't get them to stop <laughs> talking. And all we do is say, you know, what did you find in the chapter? What do you want to talk about? What ch what questions do you want to go to? So Sometimes, you strike the match. And, the and, and, and it just goes. <laughs> and you've got a bonfire. <laughs> yes. It's kind of like those those California hill fires that you can't really stop. But um, you have to because time's up. Okay, so that brings me to another question. Because as somebody who participated in in delivering this message multiple times, I would have expected the name of the book to be The Chain Reaction of Praise. But it is Strike the Match, Light the Fire. So how did that come into be? Um, chain Reaction of Praise did not go over well with the, uh, with the public. Okay. Um, it's a scientific term. You have to explain what it means. Um, and it just didn't draw anybody's attention. They didn't, it received very negative reviews. Interesting. <laughs> it okay. was interesting to me, um, because I really, to me, it spoke to my husband who is a science man. Yes, it yes. spoke to Keith. It spoke. That's what he saw. Um, what seemed to speak to people was you have to find the way to step into God's circle of love. Okay. And sometimes we feel blocked from that. Yeah. So I started looking for chain reactions that everyone could identify with. And I went through windmills and water, all, yeah, all kinds of things. And fire was just the cleanest picture of a chain reaction. That's yeah, a great metaphor. And, and when, when Satan, Satan knows to stop the fire from burning, he takes out the oxygen, he slows down the fuel intake, he has all, and it play, it, it just, and when God sent his son, it when he sent the Holy Spirit, 
it was a little flame of fire over them, mm-hmm. and that totally changed their lives over the disciples' head. Yeah. And Paul told Timothy, fan into flames yes. that gift that is in yes. you. Yeah, so that. that, the title, the fire in image came about, rewrite number eight. <laughs> it had been a train. Um, but, um, yeah. Okay. That just was the one that... Fascinating. I just find it fascinating how these things transform as the more we work on them and, mm-hmm. and, and deal with them and get people's perceptions of them. And it's the, the whole purpose of writing this book was because it made such an impact. And so why keep this hidden just for us? Um, Keith tried to write it. And so he just, that's not his gift. His gift is the, is the, he was given the gift of seeing this. Yes. He's a visionary yes, in that way. Yes, very much. And uh, we've worked together before. So um, I, it, for me, it was such a gift to work on this book. That's awesome. Tell us a little bit about your, the books that you've written before. Oh, um, I've written one called Less Than a Widow. It is the book of Ruth in the Bible, which is only four chapters, and there's quite a few more chapters. <laughs> it's, it's biblical fiction, um, but based very biblically. So what I do is I go into all the research of the culture, the weather, the time. Do baby wear diapers? Um, what do they eat? Who has to make it? And how long does that take? And what are those henna tattoos all about? All those kinds of things. And then and then you use that in fictionalized events to tie things together. So that's Less Than a Widow. And the other book that I have out there, I wrote mostly for me. Uh, it's called Disable the Label. And uh, Ruth did not accept the world's labels for her. A widow, a barren, foreigner, worthless. Um, she accepted God's instead. And she displayed God's love for her mother-in-law. And um, all the laws, the laws in that, we thought it was a princess story, like a Disney princess story, but it's not at all. Ruth is a warrior. And what a message for where we're at right now as a society and in a culture, where the label that you are given on social media, the label that the crowd um, puts on you, the this feeling of everything being determined by my popularity or by what people are saying about me online or how many likes that I have really is driving people's self-image. Well, and it's driving politics. It's not the truth that's important. It's the label that it's given. Um, It's kind of how we are accepting a lot of things, uh, I believe. I'm not going to get into politics, sorry. Um, But we have to determine... Are we living in the truth? And what is the truth? So what does God say about me? And if I believe in God, and I believe that God is truth, then I should believe what he he designed me. Of course, I'm in a broken world. And from the time I was formed in my mother's womb, I was not the perfect design that God made. But he made me a talker. I hated being a talker. I was embarrassed being a talker. 
until the day of uh, before my father's funeral. We picked up one of my uncles from the airport, and I chatted all the way home, and then I apologized for chatting all the way home. And he said, don't apologize for your gift. It has been the best thing I could have had on this ride. It's a gift you've been given from God. Just apologize when you use it incorrectly. That's beautiful. And I never had thought of my chatterbox being a gift. Yeah, beautiful. Well, and to bring it, so let's bring it full circle because right. I believe everything is connected. Mm -hmm. So as we may be struggling with identity, who am I really? Because right. right. that's the question that's mm -hmm. getting asked in our culture. And our culture seems to be driving this doubt about who we really are. Yes. And how it, what we're really worth. The chain reaction of praise is part of that. I can praise God for being fearfully and wonderfully made right. in the midst of my insecurities of feeling sometimes just, ugh, I can't believe that I'm an Enneagram 4 and God made me this way or, you know, yes. whatever your insecurities. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because uh, we all yes. feel them. The chain reaction of praise can help take us where we need to go in our acceptance right. of who we are in God's kingdom. And we all have triggers that are going to put us into woe or anger or um, fighting back. And, and um, the counterintuitive action we are called to make when those triggers go off is to stop and praise God. And I think you will find that that is catching. It catches into, it, it, it changes your attitude, it changes your life, even though the thing that caused the trigger to be pulled is still right there. Yeah. I, and that alone, I just think that if, if that alone is a takeaway from this podcast, the idea of when I am feeling less than or I am feeling not enough or I am feeling flawed or whatever it right. might be, if we strike the match by simply saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm going to stop right now mm -hmm. and I'm going to start praising God. I'm going to choose to praise God for the, all the good things that he has made in me and, and choose to trust that, that could be huge in someone's and, life. And I, I, I have to say that it takes work on our part. It takes, think of Paul and Silas in prison, beaten, bloody, dirty, stocks, hands and feet, knowing they're going to probably be killed the next day and what do they do they start singing songs now that song oh well of course they're bible characters of course they sang songs well what did they do every day of their life what was their practice why could i sing the doxology when i couldn't come up with one word of my own because it was in me right i had done the work i had taken that into me for years and years and years and years. Yeah. And so that's why you can strike the match with praise because you are filled and the Holy Spirit is coming in filling you and you have to take the time to listen, to read, to interact, to pray. Yeah, and I love, so I have to bring up because Calvin Miller in his book, The Philippian Fragment, later um, wrote this fictional account speaking of biblical fiction, mm -hmm. of a pastor 
first century pastor, second century pastor who finds himself in the same prison that Paul and Silas had been. Uh. And so he and his cohort begin singing praise through the night. Mm-hmm. No earthquake happens. <laughs> there, it doesn't end the same way. But in the end, he takes a little rock and inscribes on the, the wall of the cell, Eusebius and Coriolanus, we're here, we sang praises to God and felt much better in the morning. <laughs> so, so, yes. Because that's really yes. the chain reaction of praise as well. Right. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden your troubles are going to go away. No. no, sometimes you die. Sometimes your loved one dies. Um, right. Sometimes you're stuck in a dead-end job that you'd rather quit. But you're, what God gives you is the strength to go to work every day and do what you need to do. So you praise, and in that praise, it activates the faith to go, I'm going to keep pressing on. Right. And, and your attitude changes because it's not all up to me. Yes. It's up to me and God. So when the prayer, the powerful prayers become part of that, my experience is that instead of my prayers being a pleading, angry, singing the blues, why did you do this to me, God? My prayers are transformed from that activated faith to say, God, I'm yours. I, I'm, I've always been yours. I'm, I'm always yours, and I want your will. I want to glorify you. I want, I want what you want in my story, and that's important too. Yes. If you look at the Psalms, how many Psalms did David start out saying, ah, I can't, I can't believe this is happening and all these people hate me and I hate them. And and then all of a sudden, but then I enter into the sanctuary and I praise you and I know it's okay. Didn't change his situation, didn't change the fact that he was running for his life, didn't change the fact that he had all these people following him, that he had to make sure they had food to eat. Didn't change the fact that he had to act like a lunatic in order to be safe in a uh, other, I don't remember what country it was, do you? Yeah. I don't remember. The Philistines, I yeah. think, yeah. Yeah, so, but it did change him. Yes, and it always ends with, yet Yes. I will praise you. Yes. Yet I will trust you. Yes. It, it, that's an amazing theme in the Psalms. Um just time and time again, we get through the blues mm-hmm. and end up in trust. And and sometimes that can take a couple of days. Um, I remember writing next to the Psalms, the mother of this little boy, uh, for the first three years of her life, we, we didn't know whether she was going to make it or not. And so I have times where I sat in the hospital again after rushing to the emergency room, sat in the room and wrote next to Psalm, oh, yeah? Oh, you, oh, yeah? Well, do this to me, God, not to her. God didn't shove me out of the way. He said, let's just, I'll, I'll sit here and listen yeah. until you're ready to praise me again. And it, and it will all be okay. And it always got to there. It was, it was my, my psalms of saying, yeah, I'm not happy with the situation. And God said, yeah, well, I'm here. Right, just like we do with our young children mm-hmm. when they throw a tantrum, and yeah. we kind of go, "All right, well, you know, go ahead, feel all your feelings." Yeah, <laughs> and I'll still be here, and I'll still be loving you, and I'll still be holding your hand. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Tell us about uh, where we can find Strike the Match, Light the Fire. Tell us about um, what's happening with it now and okay. where people can get in touch with you or uh, get a hold of the book. My first and best suggestion is go to your local bookstore. Um, they need you to go to your local bookstore. They can order it if they don't have it on their shelves. I have it in a lot, lot of different areas, stores, um, in Indianola and Newton and Marshalltown and Pella and um, Oskaloosa soon and uh, in Grinnell, Ames, um, if they don't have it on the shelves. She, they can easily order it. It's on all their lists. Um, there are people selling it on Amazon. Distributors have it on Amazon. I sell it at my website, www.kathleensevenhouse. It looks like kathleensevenhouse.com, spelled out. And um, yes, any, any of those ways work. That'd be great. And they can find out about your other books there as well at your yes, website? Yes, yes. And what on the website, you go out to the bookstore, you see inside pages, you see there's all kinds of things. You can read parts of it to see if this is really something that sits well with you. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for being on the podcast today, and I hope that, you know, down the future we can sit down again and just talk about what has happened with the book and some of the feedback you've gotten and the ways that God's used it. I'd love to do that. Okay, that would be great. I'd love it too. Thanks, Kathy. You're welcome. So grateful for Kathy Evenhouse taking the time to join us on this Wayfarer Weekend podcast. Again, join me for a Chapter Day podcast each weekday or you can read each post at tomvanderwell.com. You can also subscribe to have each post delivered right to your email. Feel free to reach out with any thoughts, suggestions, feedback, encouragement, or just to say hello at tomvanderwell at gmail.com. Please feel free to share this podcast or any chapter day post or podcast with anyone, anywhere. It's free. And my friend, no matter where you find yourself on this road of life and in your own spiritual journey, will you please receive this blessing? May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. May the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand.